the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is episode 298 of the Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is for Monday, the 6th of October, 2014. My name is Edwin Herman. I am joined by my co-host, Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hey, hey. Hey, how are you this morning? Mm, Not shabby. Good. I'm pleased to hear it. Well, Brett, let's have a look at some of the tech stories we have this week. I really want to talk about this latest social network called Allo, E-L-L-O. Now, some people are billing it anti-Facebook, and uh, uh, let me explain why. Because the point of difference, or at least this is what Allo would like everyone to know, is that their point of difference is they won't sell advertising at you, and they don't collect and sell data to third parties. And that is kind of, I think, a, a little bit of a dig at what we know Facebook does. Uh, Indeed. And, and so al- although they haven't gone all anti-Facebook, they are simply uh, explaining their point of difference in a positive way. The anti-Facebook term is what others what have. What media has added to it. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So please don't think that they are an anti-Facebook uh, network. Uh, they, they they certainly aren't. They're, but not. They're just highlighting their point of difference as being a social network that does not bombard you with ads and does not comb through your data to sell you ads or collate that data and sell it to third parties. Now, that should, in, in theory, be a, a pretty big draw card, shouldn't it? A massive draw card, as shown by <laughs> what has happened after their, you know, their release... 35,000, you're referring to 35,000 requests per hour. Yep, 35,000 requests per hour to sign up to LO. And LO is currently, well, currently doing kind of what Gmail did at the beginning. You know, it's um, individual invites to join the LO social network. You can't just go there and sign up. And some of those invites have been selling on eBay for several hundred dollars mm, to mm. buy a place in, in the, <laughs> the LO social network. So it's points of difference certainly are attracting people, that's for sure, because it's, you know, everything that you don't like about Facebook has been completely turned on its head in LO. And I think, Indeed. you know, that's what people like about it. But Brett, the, the we, big, sorry, go ahead. And we've been seeing over the past, you know, year or so, a a big trend, especially from younger generation, away from Facebook. They are more concerned about their own privacy and they are jumping on to any sort of network which allows them to have more control over it, which is why things like Snapchat have, have, you know, taken off, especially amongst the the younger generations, uh, is because they are a much more private and intimate social network and that's what the that's what is coming out as being a driving thing people want more control over their network and people are becoming more privacy aware more privacy conscious 
Well, I think the other reason that the younger generation are leaving Facebook is because their parents are on there. Well, there is that too. <laughs> there is, yeah. But uh, it's a combination of all of those things. So Allo uh, is at allo.co, www.allo.co if you want to have a look. Obviously, as you, as Brett just said, you, you can't just go and sign up. You need an invitation from someone who's already in. Mm-hmm. But certainly uh, you can, you know, find out about it and read up about it. Indeed. And the more, I guess, the more interest they get, the more likely it is that they will open up their network to, to more users. Well, you know, the big question though, Brett, is as we know with things like, say, eBay and Facebook and even Snapchat, is you need that critical mass for it to work. Your friend, If your friends are not there... You're not gonna you're not gonna hang out there. I mean, look at Google Plus. Let's be honest; it was a bit of a flop. It it, mm. it is it works in some circles, but uh, you know, uh, oh, it's still in the, going. In the big, just, yeah. but as the big picture goes, Did it, it's not kind of grab no. the the everyman sort of. No, that's user. exactly what I mean. So, for this to be successful, you kind of your friends need to be there. Otherwise, you're not going to go there. Mm-hmm. So the big, uh, you know, coming back to the big question is: Will it? turn into uh you know something even even as big as twitter say which is still small compared to facebook will it ever sort of reach the average person that's the the big question isn't it who knows Hmm. really depends on what what generation what population jump jump onto it now also they the other thing they say is that it will always be free now that's not to say that they may introduce paid subscriptions for additional features, but there'll always be a base level service that will always be free. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Because that was one of the quick, as soon as you hear, oh, there's, there are no ads and we don't collect your data, the first well, question that comes to mind exactly is how they're going to make money. Or even if they're not designing to make money, how are they going to support it? Yeah, how are they going to fund the, even cover their costs? Exactly. So uh, anyway, that's, the speculation is that they'll introduce, you know, uh, premium features for a fee. But as I said before, they they've made it very clear there'll be a base service for free, uh, and that's always going to be the case. Cool. Hmm. So good on them. I look. I I don't know if it's something I would, you know, get into. I'm I'm not into Facebook, as you know, Brett. Uh, Indeed. But you, you're not a, a a social network kind of person. No, not well. I do Twitter, but you know, it's a little bit less. Yeah. It's not quite yeah. as um. Uh, Twitter is Twitter is a weird one because it, it is kind of a social network, but it's not an intimate social network. No, exactly. Like most other ones, like no. Facebook is more an, an intimate social network. You have the your groups, your friends, that sort of thing, and things like Snapchat are even more intimate social networks. But Twitter is kind of a yeah a, a, a you to the world. It's, it's more of a chat room, really, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's kind of that's its that's its face. It is a a you chatting to the world, mm. not a, a you chatting to a a, a circle of friends. I mean, you you can and people do do that, and I do that as well. You do have friends that you connect with, or or people that you are interested in what they have to say, and and you know, and you follow them, and so there is that connection. But as you pointed out, Brett, it's far less intimate than mm. say Facebook uh, and, and and the likes. All right, PayPal has announced that it is now uh, accepting Bitcoin as a currency. Interesting. D- We're seeing Bitcoin becoming more and more mainstream with different um, payment processes and, and banking institutions and financial institutions 
throwing their weight behind it. Yeah, it's now almost giving it some credibility. Indeed. As we've seen over the past, just well, the past year, its credibility has uh, grown considerably as, as these, like I said, financial institutions are putting, throwing their weight behind it or taking it seriously. Now, I was doing some work uh, for a project that involves transactions. And so I was dealing with the international three character codes for currencies, you know, like EUR for euro, USD for US dollars, CAD for Canadian dollars, etc. And I've only just learned in the week just been that Bitcoin's three character code is XBT. Indeed. It kind of goes against the standard because if you look at the standard, the first two letters are the ISO two-digit country code where applicable. Mm-hmm. So, for example, US is, you know, United States is US. And then the third character represents the, the usually the first letter or a letter in, you know, of the name of the currencies, D for dollars, hence US and then D, US dollars. CA is Canada's code and then D for dollars. So I'm surprised yep. it wasn't called something like... Euro is, throws the, you know... Well, that's why I said we're applicable, yeah, because it's not a country, but it certainly has, I th- uh, in, in well, fact... It's EU pretty ma- much Euro without the O. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah, because it doesn't. it's not even EUE or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that kind of goes as well. You, you, you're quite right, actually. Um, and I, I don't know, I was kind of expecting, yeah, I don't know. In fact, I don't know what I was expecting, but I didn't expect XBT. <laughs> well, how would it go? There is no country attached to it. Yeah, I what know, or maybe just B, BTC. I don't know, or I suppose that's what the X is. I suppose maybe for these non-political ones, because EU is still political, even though it's not one country, it's still a, has a, a, a political, you know, it's tied politically. X, I, I suppose, maybe is what they're doing for that. I don't know. Maybe we'd have to look at the ISO <laughs> standard for, <laughs> for currencies yeah, to find out more. Yeah, wouldn't it be, you know, something BC, not BT? Yeah, that's the other thing. Why is it BT? I mean, hmm. Whoever came up with it probably had a reason. Mm. Anyway, there you go. That was just a little side note. But yeah, PayPal are now accepting Bitcoin. So if you are a merchant and you want to accept Bitcoin, well, uh, as long as you make the right changes to your uh, to your API, well, or the API you're calling, well, there you go. You, mm. sh- you should be able to do that. Well, you know, it makes a lot of sense business-wise for them to, to put their toe into this, into these waters because they, you know, get to cut out a, a, a lot of transaction fee. Yeah, it cuts out the middleman, doesn't it? Yeah. Because there's no banks or credit card companies in, you know, in the mix when you, when you transfer Indeed, money. Indeed, you are controlling it. It is, mm. cuts them out altogether. And so the, the actual processors who handle it charge significantly smaller fees. All right, then. The FBI has come out saying they're rather concerned about what Apple and Google's plans are. Apple has already in iOS 8 announced that its data, the well, the user's data will be encrypted in such a way that even Apple can't really get to the data very easily. Brilliant. Mm. It is, you know, they're taking a stand to protect their customers' privacy, the privacy of their data. Well, and Google have said the next versions of, uh, next versions of Android will do the same. The problem, of well, course, is... Do the same by default. Currently, Android can already encrypt the data, but you have to turn it on. Right. The problem here, of course, is that the FBI have come out saying they're very concerned, and they've come out saying that if we can't get to the data easily, oh, of course. it's going to impede us they're in solving crime. They're going to lose their easy mode button, aren't they? 
<laughs> they're oh, going to have do- to actually do some detective work like they're supposed to instead of relying on the old, oh, look, I, I, I push this button and I get access to your data on your phone. No. See, that's the big thing. They always, you know, um, law enforcement always comes up waving their flag of, oh, but now we're not going to be able to get access to any of the data on that phone and and it might put our investigations in jeopardy. It's not going to put your investigations in jeopardy. You've got a myriad, a myriad, a vast number of tools at your disposal to detect and do the detective work and to compel people to provide you with passcodes, etc., etc. It's not going to do anything like that whatsoever. Uh, impact on your ability whatsoever to fulfill your role as the law enforcement agency. What it's going to do is it's going to protect the privacy of the general public's data from criminals. And yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting. I I like the way you kind of turn that right around, Brent. That's <laughs> indeed it is going to protect mm. public people, public citizens' data from criminals and and criminal intent, because the number of cell phones that get stolen every year, and to have your data on that phone, and a lot of people store credit card and you know personally identifiable information in their phones. The number that gets stolen every year, that information just goes out into the criminal world. By having it encrypted means that it is secure. Now, obviously, law, especially the FBI and the, the American three-letter acronym law enforcement agencies will be up in arms about it, uh, going, well, we want to have a back door in there so that we can decrypt it easily. And the problem with that is by making a security feature insecure by giving a hole for law enforcement gives that same hole to the criminals. I don't know if you read Jonathan Ziarski's blog on this, but he had a very interesting point, and that is that it's it's not even going to stop the law enforcement agencies from actually getting your data. All it's going to do is make it a lot harder for them, but most importantly, it's going to let Apple off the hook because if it can be so difficult for Apple to get in or for anyone to get in such that it's not feasible to do so, it lets them off the hook when they get official requests to say, we want this person's data. Yep. So, you know, Ziarski's point is that the FBI still will be able to get your data eventually. Just take them, it'll just take them a bit longer, a bit more compute power. A bit more effort, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They can run brute force attacks and a bunch of other things. They just won't have the ability to push a button and have a request go to Apple and Apple have a look in your data and Apple send all the data back. They have to actually work for their data. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. It's not going to prevent them from, like you say, doing brute force attacks unless, of course, people have put in the, the security to prevent brute force attacks. <laughs> no, but they might they might request from Apple the the encrypted data and uh, and you know if Apple can hand them the encrypted data, well, mm. it's still encrypted. The point the point is they could then offline if if you like. Oh yeah, yeah. There. yeah. Then how easy it is to get into comes down to how strong the encryption standard that Apple has used and how good your passcode is. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Then it still gets to the point that. They can, the FBI and law enforcement can get court orders to compel if they've got, you know, reasonable suspicion to compel you to provide your passcode, as they have done in many, many cases. 
And there are all of the other ways that they can get the information without actually having to decrypt your device at all. They can just look at your Facebook profile, probably. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With the number of criminals who get caught because they've done something stupid on their Facebook profile. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) There is, yeah. This is not going to impinge in any way law enforcement's ability to track down the bad guys. You know what, though, Brett? I, I, I half expect the US government to pass a law preventing companies like Apple and Google and so on from having this feature turned on by default. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, it, it, I don't see they, it happening they, in America. They, but they did, Brett, with the, with the uh, encryption years ago, back in the late 90s. It, the yeah, US yeah, could not export anything. changed a lot in America, and America is now more, you know, purposefully run by the, the big business who's, who would have far better benefit from having this stuff turned on especially in public relations. I see this sort of thing being implemented in Australia where they are currently debating their draconian new bill which allows them with one warrant to wiretap the internet. Is that right? So you, yeah, so yeah. you think in, in, uh, in Australia you wouldn't be oh, surprised yeah, Australia's if they... Australia's inter- laws are becoming significantly more draconian in this sort of way of, of you know, the ability to, to tap data than, than America's are. <laughs> Let's see what happens. See, America has to, you know, the NSA has to do their things behind closed doors and, and behind America's back. And and we need people like Edward Snowden to come out and let the world know that, hey, wait, you thought you were safe, but no, actually, they are spying on you. Whereas Australia will just put it in law and go, yes, we are spying on you. Yeah, well, you see, I kind of respect that in a way because at least they're telling you this is what we're doing. <laughs> You know, it comes down, for me, to be quite honest with you, I don't have too much of a problem with my data being snooped at. I'm more concerned about the fact that, you know, if we get told, no, it's not happening, that it is happening. And there's, therein lies the difference. So if Australia is going to be, you know, passing a law that makes it very, very clear to everybody, this is what we can do and what we will do. Well, at least, you know, at least they're telling you and that it is in the clear. There is no doubt. Indeed, at least they have put into law something that breaks laws. <laughs> All right, Brett, let's talk about Apple's iPhone 6 Bluetooth problems uh, syncing with, the, uh, with, with car systems. What's the deal there? Well, yeah, a lot of new iPhone 6 users who are not able to pair their iPhone 6 with their car. So is this down to a bug or... This is down to something, and it's got nothing to do with iOS 8 because there have been multiple reports of um, users who have both an iPhone 5 with iOS 8 on it and an iPhone 6, a new one with iOS 8 on it. The iPhone 5 pairs fine, and the iPhone 6 sits there waiting to be discovered, waiting to synchronize. I wonder if this has been tried... I I know you said you don't think it's anything to do with iOS 8, but I I wonder whether... Uh, trying an iPhone 6 with iOS 8.0.2 would be interesting to see if anyone's tried it after that. Um, We will see if this is is something which is fixed with the new 8.2. So, I mean, do we even know whether the bug lies with Apple or the car manufacturers or is there... The fact that it's only iPhones, does that mean that it's an iPhone 6? Only iPhone 6s. So presumably, it's some, iPhone sixes. so presumably it's something that lies in Apple's court. Yeah. Well, there we go. Apple, you've 
you've now worked on the uh, the iCloud thing and 8.0.2 update. Now you're gonna read. You need to redeploy your engineers and work on this problem. They're going from one fire to <laughs> Unless, another. Of course, it is fixed in 8.02. Well, that's right. That's what we're just saying. It'd be interesting to to find out if it is. But if if not, then uh, it sounds like Apple's going from one fire to another at the moment. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, it's not a good time for Apple. <laughs> anyway, what happens Brett, uh, when you've got a device which is so connected? Yeah, I mean that's yeah exactly. I mean the the, the more com and I, you know what I mean. There's there are analogies like this everywhere, even in cars themselves. That the more the smarter your car, and I'm not talking about necessarily the the iPhone side of things. But just you know, you lift up you know under the hood. What's under the hood? It just gets so much more complicated now and complex and integrated. That it makes it so much more difficult to to troubleshoot anything. Yeah, and, and, and you can't just take it to your corner garage. Your, your you know your, your new car. Yeah, your new cars. No, they've got so much tech under the hood exactly. that you need to have. A, <laughs> you need an IT person as well as a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it just you know introducing more stuff means you know more chance of something going wrong and you know so there's analogies like this all over the place and you know phones are just the same you know um, you know Anyway, Brett, look, let's leave that episode there. That was episode 298. I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, Ed. It's been a great show. And, of course, we'll do it again as usual next week. And we are still New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. And you are still our best audience. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. Ciao.